0: Guys are more typically sort of ready to go and a lot of times women need some excitement and some connection and some low-grade stuff um, beforehand to get them to the point that they're ready to you know engage in this.
1: Guys (laughs) if you were told you're never gonna orgasm this year but you're gonna have intercourse like 50 times how would you feel? Yeah
0: men who value their their wives outside the bedroom have a much better time with their wives inside the
1: bedroom. So what we found is that men who were able to share their feelings outside of the bedroom um, had a much, much better sex life inside the bedroom.
2: Dear young married couple, you know, sometimes good guys need a guide to great sex.
3: (laughs) They do. And good girls need a guide to great sex too. So if you are looking for the good girl's guide to great sex, search that on our podcast and you will find an episode that we did with Sheila Gregoire. But today, we had the privilege of interviewing the two of them, Sheila and her husband, Keith. Keith is a pediatrician, and he joins his wife in talking about sex all over the world um, and really challenging a lot of what we grow up thinking about sex, especially in Christian circles.
2: Yeah, we know you're going to get something from it. It was a really fun conversation, Mm -hmm. so uh, listen up.
3: Welcome to the podcast, you guys. We're so thankful to have you on today.
2: Welcome, guys. Thank you. I'm glad to be here.
3: So if you haven't listened to the podcast for very long, you need to know that we have recorded a couple of episodes with Sheila. And one was with her daughter. It was called The Great Sex Rescue. And then we recorded one with Sheila a couple years ago called... I think
2: one of the top podcasts that we have.
3: Yes, for sure. The Good Girl's <laughs> Guide to Great Sex fantastic episode. We get feedback from that and we use it as homework for a lot of our clients. So we're very grateful Sheila for the work that you put out there and specifically what you've poured into our own community.
1: Awesome. I'm glad it's helpful. For sure.
2: Absolutely. Well, we're looking forward to uh, helping all the guys out there that are a little lost (laughs) in the weeds and the forest. And uh, just because, you know, it's one thing for women to get resources, but a lot of times i i don't find very many guys getting resources for this area even though right. they are very affected by this area yep. of you know s- sex and sexuality mm-hmm. um it's so cool that there is a, a resource for men to start to understand what's happening
3: yes amen yeah. so welcome keith we're so thankful that you've been able to join your wife in this endeavor and bring some good material to the board we, uh, we had a chance to preview the book a few months back, yes. and it's not even out yet. Um, but man, such good resources. So thank you guys.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's great. We, we really loved it. And, and I'm, I'm so glad to be on this podcast, particularly because when I wrote the book with Sheila, you know, the way I was thinking of it was I wanted, wanted to write it to a younger version of me. Like all the things that I wish I had known Mm -hmm. (laughs) back Mm -hmm. at the beginning and didn't have to learn the hard way. So
3: (laughs) that's awesome. Well, that's the audience listening right now. So here's an opportunity to pour into that. Demographic for sure. Well, let's just kick this off. You guys tell us a little bit about um, the research that you did prior to writing this book. I know you've done, you know, ginormous surveys in the past. (laughs) Um, Tell us about who you surveyed and what kinds of questions you asked and then we'll dive into some of those results.
1: Yeah, we got up close and personal and really nosy. Um, So for those of you who heard our podcast on the Great Sex Rescue, which was our book that was released last March, um, that one was based on a huge survey of women that we did. And we were looking specifically at like, are there certain evangelical teachings that have made sex more difficult for couples? After we finished that, we then surveyed like a couple thousand men um, and asked very similar questions. And that was really cool because... In many cases, we asked exactly identical questions. So we compare answers. Nice. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's so we cool. we have some really nice data sets and numbers. And so in in the Good Guys Guide to Great Sex, which is out March 15th, and the totally revamped Good Girls Guide to Great Sex, which I completely rewrote. It's like I stuck it in a cannon. I blew it up. And then I picked up the pieces and blew it up again. And I don't <laughs> even know if there's a single <laughs> sentence that's there. Like, I totally reworked it to, to so that all of our new research is in there. Nice. And, yeah. And it's
3: it's you did a good job of it for sure. I loved reading the revised version, even though I've loved the the one from 10 years ago. I put it in all my bridal shower gifts, but I loved that you were able to incorporate the research that you did.
1: Yeah. So any of you like geeky nerd people, you'll love the charts. And if you're not a geeky nerd person, you'll still like it because it's fun. So
2: (laughs) it's a fun subject. It should carry you through.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So tell us what were some of these questions that you guys asked the guys
1: Okay, so I guess this is mine because I was one yeah, who did the survey. Yeah. So um, we started off with marital satisfaction. So mm-hmm. rate your marital, we asked all kinds of, of academically approved question sets that have been used in other surveys so that it, we did it up to academic standards. Um, so we asked about that. We asked about sexual satisfaction and very similar questions that we asked the women. Um, what we did for the men is we did a deep dive into questions about lust and porn because we were especially interested in the question is lust really every man's battle mm. because we hear that all the time in the church and we wanted right. to really dig down deep and figure out what was going on so we did that was exciting and then we also <laughs> asked um, some of the beliefs that we found in the women's survey were most harmful we we wanted to see if the men believed those as well and what and how those beliefs affected men's marital and sexual satisfaction as well
3: mm. that's awesome
2: so cool yeah. I guess for the men listening that want to take, you know, have a better sex life, and Mm -hmm. what answers that you came up with would help them best (laughs) Mm in where they are now?
1: Do you want me to take this? No, I
0: I, I was going to talk about sort of male entitlement. I think that's that's, Mm -hmm. the the big thing I would say that we took away from this is that guys who come to sex with a sense of entitlement don't do Mm -hmm.
1: that. Mm Okay.
0: Guys who come to sex with the concept of this is a mutual thing that we're supposed to both uh, experience and we're both supposed to, it's meant for both of us do really well. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things we saw consistently. People who believe these messages that are very much like sex is for men. You have to do it, ladies, that kind of stuff. It was consistently showing that they didn't do well.
1: Mm-hmm. Let mm-hmm. me give you a snapshot of that. Okay. So yeah, this, yeah please. this is a really cool question. So we asked both women and men, um, does the husband do enough for play? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And what we found is that when women frequently reach orgasm, you know, like over 90% of both men and women say, yes, he does. When women do not reach orgasm very often, 71% of men still say they do enough (laughs) floor (laughs) play.
2: Which makes us
0: ask in the book. What do you mean by enough? <laughs> right, <laughs> enough. And also,
2: what do we mean by foreplay? Yeah. It's yes.
3: mm-hmm.
2: like, when when does that start and stop? Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of men have this idea, of, oh, it just happens between these this confinement of time or right. whatever. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. how, how did you guys define it?
1: Well, that's, that's a good question. Because um, it, when you think about foreplay, we think of it as specific actions like you rub here 236 times, you do the figure eight, whatever you might want to think, right?
2: It's a do. Yeah, Yes, Mm -hmm.
1: it's like this checklist, you know, sort of like a pilot getting ready for the flight, you know, where you just do your pre-flight checklist. Check, check, check. Yeah, and then I'm good to go. And instead, the point that we're trying to make is it isn't about doing specific actions. It's making sure that she is moving through the sexual response cycle to Mm. get towards orgasm. And that's what's often missing is you need to work with her body. It's not about doing
3: things. Talk to us about the sexual response cycle and then maybe Sheila, if you can tell us what's the woman's sexual response cycle and then Keith, how that contrasts with the man's sexual response cycle. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm. Okay, well, um, do you want to go? first. Okay, I'm gonna push back a little bit because it isn't exactly gendered. Okay. Um, if we want to take a step back and just simply ask what libido is, because it actually yeah. depends on what kind of libido you have. And men are more likely to have a certain kind of libido and women are more likely to have another kind of libido, but there's a lot of overlap. Yes. So, so it could be, it, so it doesn't, I don't want anyone to think that I'm weird if I don't match up the gendered thing.
3: Absolutely. That's good. Okay. Thank you for the clarification. Yeah. Okay,
1: but, but here's how I would often explain it. All right. You watch a movie, a TV show, Netflix show. The plot when it comes to sex is always the same, right? I think I've said this on your show before, but but it's worth saying again. So the couple is together and they're panting. And then they start kissing and they take off their clothes and they end up in bed, right? So that's how it goes, right? You pant, kiss, close bed. Uh-huh. Like that's 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 what sex is. And we expect that to be what it's going to be like for us. Right. The kids
2: go down to bed, you <laughs> pant, clothes. <Yeah. laughs>
1: so, so there you are. And everyone's waiting to pants. And the thing is, some people might do that. Some people and, might pant first.
0: And typically guys
1: mm-hmm.
0: are more like that than women.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. But some men
0: aren't and some women are.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep.
1: But
0: either
3: way.
1: Yeah. But, but some people might not be pant, kiss, clothes, bed. Some people might be more like, you know, brush your teeth, bed, (laughs) kiss, clothes, pant. Like, And it doesn't matter when the panting happens as long as it does happen. And so Mm. for some people, it's like you're panting first and then you move into excitement and then you get into arousal and then you reach orgasm. And for some people, it's like you actually you actually experience excitement first and then you start to pant or have desire as we call it. Mm-hmm.
2: So Good. Okay. So panting is what you would call desire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So I, I know we're kind of using the generalities or sweeping generalizations. Okay. The man, he's normally panting first or how does this work?
0: <laughs> well, so I think that, that guys are more typically sort of ready to go. and and a lot of times women need some excitement and some connection and some low-grade stuff um, beforehand to get them to the point that they're ready to you know engage in this and it's not that they don't want to it's just that that's not where their brain is right now and I think Mm -hmm. guys need to learn you know you have to start you know in a different way than just jumping right in with both feet
2: um
1: or some so, other body part. Or yeah. whatever body part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I could hear yeah. a guy
2: somewhere going, okay, Keith, I hear you. We need to do other things besides just, you know, expecting her yeah. to start panning when she sees me without my shirt <laughs> on. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so what do I do or what steps do I take in order to bring excitement to our marriage? Because mm-hmm. I've tried everything and I I don't know what to do here. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So, the, And the book's got a lot of really practical stuff in
0: it. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about theoretical, you know, the sexual response cycle, we actually Mm -hmm. go through very specific practical ways to do that. But Mm -hmm. I think the big overarching message I would give is the first thing is to recognize that some people have desire, and then they initiate sex, some people, you know, you need to start slow, and then they start to and recognize that doesn't mean your wife's broken, that she doesn't think of sex the way that you do. Because a lot of guys think, Oh, I want to have sex with her at the drop of a hat. If she says, yes, I'm ready to go. When I ask her, she's like, meh, maybe, maybe not. I don't care. It feels like she doesn't want you. And that's Mm -hmm. not necessarily the way it is. And again, it can be, it can be reversed in other, other marriages as well too. It's Mm -hmm. not always a guy girl thing. So Mm
3: -hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's That's the first thing I would say. The second thing I would
0: say is that we talk about the sexual response cycle. So in the, in the typical classical guy, it's, desire, excitement, arousal. Now for guys, this is all kind of like, it's just like one smear of color. Like there's no.
2: <laughs> yeah, like I don't even think a lot of men
3: would differentiate between those three yeah. things. Yeah, I right? have desire,
2: now I'm excited. Yeah,
3: like, yeah now can I'm you actually aroused. define now those I'm three aroused. things? Yeah. And there is,
2: I guess and, and, there, there is a, I was just gonna say, there is a physical indication when a man's excited. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right? So yes. the, and I, I've read actually that that is helpful for men to know that, okay, that's me excited, but women, it's not as clear cut yeah. as that, right? Like a physical.
3: There's some, but it's not as visual symptom, to you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And in the book, we go through all the medical stuff about what does it look like? Mm-hmm. How does your body respond? Both men and women. And we go through all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think the big takeaway I would give to the guys is, is to realize that women- It's not all the same for women all the way through. They go through different phases where they're looking for different things from you Mm -hmm. uh, as their husband. And you need to know when it's time to shift gears and move to something different uh, Mm -hmm. so that they can really enjoy it.
1: Yeah. Like in excitement. So excitement is, is basically warming her up, right? This is when you, 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 you kiss her neck, you kiss her earlobe, you know, you kiss her in general, you're touching her arm. Like you're just, you're being affectionate and you're starting the more sexual stuff, but you do the first thing that you do is you don't go for the clitoris. Okay. Like you do not go for the sexy, sexy parts when she's not excited yet. Cause that's mm-hmm. really off putting. This is what Mm -hmm. a lot of guys don't think. Oh, it's foreplay time. So I'm going to go for the sexy, sexy bits. And if you do that before she's ready, she's not going to get turned on. She's just going to be like, okay, that feels really intrusive. Like it feels like a pap smear. Like, this is not fun. <laughs> oh, that's
0: great. <laughs> well, it's true because we yep. hear from women all the time about, you know, having, can you tell my husband that grabbing my butt when I'm doing the dishes is not foreplay? Mm. <laughs>
1: so yeah.
2: There's more yeah. To it than that. Yeah. So would you consider the kissing, that excitement phase, would that be part of foreplay?
1: Yeah. It's all part of our play. Yeah. Yeah. So the arousal phase, that's when she's actually lubricated. That's when she's breathing more heavily. Um, You know, her areolas around her nipples have increased in size. Like you can start to see. And that's when she wants you to touch the sexy, sexy bits. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's when her sexy, sexy bits are like saying, hello, pay attention to me. And that's Mm -hmm. what you do. But if you do that too early, you actually miss out on the whole thing. And you can, you you can, you can miss out on orgasm completely. And and the big thing we're trying to
0: get to guys is that for guys, sex is sort of like a switch it's on or off, but -hmm. for women, it's a progression. Mm -hmm. It's, it's Mm -hmm. this to this, to this, to this, to the culmination in orgasm. And, Mm -hmm. and that's not wrong. It's Mm -hmm. just different. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times Mm -hmm. we have been trained to think of sex purely from a male standpoint uh, because, you know, Hollywood, all these Mm -hmm. things, portray it as easy quick fast
2: mm-hmm.
0: pant kiss mm-hmm. close, bed and,
2: <laughs> yeah. and, right. and, and when our
0: wife doesn't do that we think what's wrong with her Well, mm-hmm. no, nothing's wrong with her we've just been taught badly
2: mm-hmm. yeah right. that's oh, so good and yes. i've heard that Though, like when when that goes badly enough times then she has less i, I hate to use the word but like less drive yeah to go mm-hmm. to the bed mm-hmm. i heard someone say though that that low libido is a couple issue, not a woman's issue. Mm-hmm. Or if we're using the, the mm-hmm. genders that we're using, but yeah. it's a couple issue, and we have to take a look back at okay, what are we doing that's not helping us mm-hmm. get to the place that we both want to be? Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. How would you coach a couple? Like, okay, so now I know this. Mm-hmm. How do I, how do I start doing it better?
1: Mm hmm. I think I think first of all, even going back to basics and understanding what we mean by sex. Um, and again, I think I think we've talked about this before, but this is really important to hammer home is that we often think that sex is intercourse. Right. So um, you do the thing. He puts it <laughs> in inside her moves around it climaxes. And that's the thing. Now we've had the sex. Um, but what we found is that if that is all that sex is Mm -hmm. her chance of reaching orgasm is quite low Mm -hmm. and that's not biblically what sex is right like biblically we know from genesis 4 that strange verse adam knew his wife eve and they conceived a son like biblically sex is a deep knowing a deep intimacy Mm-hmm. So sex is supposed to be intimate. We know it's pleasurable for both from Song of Solomon. I mean, if you actually count the words, she says more words than he does. So right. she's having a really good time. So And she initiates she more. She does. So, you know, you've got. Yeah. And
0: they're just enjoying each other. Yes. It's not about racing to the finish line.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. 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 Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we have this intimate, pleasurable, totally mutual thing. Mm-hmm. And when you think about sex that way, it isn't just about, you know, whether or not he's gotten release. We start to realize this is about something that we do together.
3: Yeah.
1: Um. And, you know, uh, one of the things we say in the Good Guys Guide to Great Sex, we we've been to London, England, a bunch of times. I don't know if you've ever been there, but
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, if you go on the Underground, which is their subway. They always have this one phrase that they say over and over again. Every time the doors open, they say "Mind the gap." Yes, mind <laughs> the gap, and it's this huge thing. And what they mean is mind the gap between the platform and the train. But we all need to mind the gap too, because yes. we have a forty-seven point orgasm gap.
3: Talk about the orgasm gap, Sheila.
1: Okay, do <laughs> you want to do this one? Well? No, you go,
0: ahead. I have something want to say after you. Okay,
1: so ninety-five percent of men almost always or always reach orgasm during a mm-hmm. sexual encounter. And it's only about 48% of women. So yeah. when we're wondering why women have no libido, guys, <laughs> <laughs> if you were told you're never going to orgasm this year, but you're going to have intercourse like 50 times, how would you feel?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Wouldn't be looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe not. I don't
1: know. <laughs> but then, but then yeah. guys, you're also told... But it's okay, because what you really like is the closeness.
3: Mm. Yeah. 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 And,
0: and this is, goes back to what you were saying earlier about low drive. And it, low drive is not a woman problem. It's a couple problem. Is right. that, that's what we've been teaching. We've been teaching that sex is this wonderful gift from God. Mm-hmm. And a lot of women, that's not their lived experience. And the teaching they get is, well, it is, so just do it. <laughs> uh and so, and so, and so what happens is instead we get this mentality where I guess it's just not meant for me. It's something mm-hmm. I do for my husband. And this book is trying to correct that. It's trying to say, mm-hmm. guys, this is something that's supposed to be good for both of you. And that's why we start with the orgasm gap. Mm-hmm. Like, if can you imagine if guys only orgasmed? half the time and half the time they were left hanging, they would never tolerate that. Why do we allow yeah. our wives to have that kind of a sex life? Mm-hmm. We can do better than that, Christian men.
2: We really can.
3: Oh, yes. Yeah. Amen.
2: Yeah. And I think that's just kind of going back to what you ta- were talking about by knowing, mm-hmm. like that's where that mm-hmm. real intimacy is. And man, when you know your wife, you're you know how to help her into this space that she's able to experience an orgasm. Mm-hmm. But I've heard from a lot of women, I feel objectified mm-hmm. and I think that's when women don't feel pursued for them subjectively. Like, I want to help you into this place rather than I just need to, you know, yeah, just need to get off or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like men would never say that, but sometimes that's what the,
3: how it plays out, plays out. but mm-hmm. i think it's
2: difficult some for some men though to separate sex and closeness it's like sex mm-hmm. means closeness mm-hmm. but it's maybe not the same thing to the woman
3: hmm. well, yeah I- did you guys talk about that at all in the survey or ask questions about that
1: yeah i th- you know i think one of the issues is um that for a lot of men especially they see sex as their way to connect because often they find it difficult to connect emotionally in other ways. Um, and and that doesn't tend to lead to a good sex life or a good marriage. Mm. So what we found is that men who were able to share their feelings outside of the bedroom, um, had a much, much better sex life inside the bedroom. Hmm. But often because we say sex equals intimacy, intimacy, sex equals closeness. Then if he feels distant, he just wants to have sex to fix it. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't fix it because we need to learn how to really be vulnerable emotionally with each other. And that that's difficult if you didn't grow up
0: it Feeling sure safe
1: is. sharing your feelings. Mm-hmm. And, and so
0: it's a lot easier for a lot of guys to sexualize these things rather than to deal with the actual issues. You know, oh. your sense of mm-hmm. vulnerability, your sense of your fear of rejection, mm-hmm. all these things that we, we wrestle with in ourselves, rather than dealing with those things and building the relationship, we go to sex because it makes us feel better. It makes mm-hmm. us feel manly. Uh,
2: and that doesn't help in the long term. Mm-hmm. And connected, the man feels connected mm-hmm. yeah. because he he just had this experience, the oxytocin, dopamine, yeah. all, all those yeah. things that connected him. And it's probably the only time he does feel connected if he's not able to express mm-hmm. outside of the of the or outside of the bedroom right so it really goes what I'm hearing it goes back down to this emotional intelligence that a lot of guys struggle with
3: mm-hmm, yeah. How do you think, um, not just the church, but church culture, how do you think that has contributed to everything we're talking about? The gap, the um, emotional intelligence issue, the, the um, entitlement, male entitlement issue. How, how has the church contributed to this?
1: I think just the way that we frame um, sex in marriage is we frame it very much as a man's need and a woman's obligation.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that is one of the things that we measured for both men and women is how many people believe those things. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, interestingly, what we found is that when men feel entitled to sex, that actually has like as bad an effect on their sex life as if they used porn, um, as if they, um, you know, had multiple partners before marriage, like all mm-hmm. of the things that we say are really, really bad that the church preaches against. Mm-hmm. The thing, you know, the obligation sex message, which the church actually preaches mm-hmm. is as dangerous as the things that the church teaches against.
0: Because it does the same thing as those other bad things. It teaches wow. you to see sex as something that is for me
2: mm-hmm.
0: as opposed to something that is supposed to build us.
3: Mm-hmm. <sighs> my goodness yeah and you're right I, I was actually at a bridal shower recently and i go to a lot of bridal showers by the way so if you're thinking if you're listening and you know me personally you're like mm-hmm. i know which one that was you, just, you probably don't because i've been to a lot but um I, I was at a bridal shower you know some of the games where everyone writes like a piece of advice to the bride and then it gets read aloud and you know my sister and i we love to just like you know celebrate sexuality Break and so the ice. we you know we're up there going woo. You know, on each piece of advice and and then there was a piece of advice that came across and it was like, have sex, say yes, even when you don't want to. And my sister and I looked at each other and we're like, oh, <laughs> like this is what keeps getting propagated, even in what we would consider a more comfortable you know, celebratory environment around sex and sexuality in the Christian church, um, and so it's it's sad to me that that does that that does happen. What can people do if they're in a situation like that? Maybe they're in a a conversation with trusted friends, or um, maybe even in counseling. You know, whether that's professional counseling or you know church. Pastoral counseling. What can people do to fight against this message that keeps on getting circulated and propagated?
1: Yeah, well, again, go back to the three functions of sex. Is, is it intimate, mutual, and pleasurable for both? Because if it's not, then it's not actually sex as the Bible defines it. And people keep bringing up 1 Corinthians 7, you know, the do not deprive each other verses. Mm-hmm. If it's not mutual, if it's not pleasurable for both, if it's not intimate, she's already being deprived mm. or he is. And so those verses don't even apply. Like before we can even talk about those verses, we need a baseline. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, And what, what, what I found is often in marriage counseling, one of the first questions they'll say is, so, so, you know, are you guys having sex? And they say, Oh yeah, we have sex twice a week. Okay. Well then check. That's fine. Then it's like, no, (laughs) because frequency is not the issue. And this is one of the big things we tried to drill down on in both the good guys guide to great sex and the new good girls guide to great sex is that in the church, we've often defined the main problem as that of figuring out libido differences but our studies found that when there is no sexual dysfunction, there's no porn use, there's high marital satisfaction, they feel emotionally close during sex, and she frequently orgasms, the frequency tends to take care of itself.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So nope. frequency is a symptom. It is not the cause.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And so guys, you know, I, I really, I really believe guys are so much better than what a lot of books portray men as. I don't think men just want women who will have sex with them. I think men want women who want to have sex with them. Mm-hmm.
2: No, that's 100%. True. Yep.
3: Yeah.
1: Yep. And so guys, like you can be rock stars in the bedroom if you, <laughs> if you get this concept, Yeah, that sex can be something really beautiful. And that's what we really want to empower Um, couples to get
0: and and the other thing in the church that we've done I think and I don't think we've meant to is we've sort of you know separated the elements of sexuality because Mm. sex in the way God made it is meant to be not just physical but also emotional and and even spiritual Mm -hmm. Uh, and we've sort of separated that out so that the physical part is the guys and Mm -hmm. the emotional and spiritual part is the girls Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and so it's like you know, you're a real man if you don't have any emotions, and you just really like the physical part. And you're kind of a weird woman if you like the physical part. You should be working on the emotions, right? Mm. And it's like we—the point of these books is to say, can we not together see the fullness of what God intended sex to be, and that we both learn the, the holistic version of sex, which is mm-hmm. physical, emotional, and spiritual? Mm-hmm. And the books are based on that—that that triad. Uh, there's sections mm-hmm. for
3: each of those areas. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so good. A
2: lot of men, men are sold short because they yeah. have emotions, regardless if they realize it or not. They they have emotions, mm-hmm. and it's that it is running their. The, what they do, their behavior, yeah. whether they realize it or not. Yeah. So I guess we have to start pointing out, hey, those are emotions. We you know, <laughs> probably should share them because sometimes I'm, I, you know, I, I'm talking to guys and it's like they get stuck with, well, I don't have anything to say. Like I'm feeling this. It's like it's, mm-hmm. there's a lot more to sharing, yeah. to exploring your emotions than just.
3: Not just the label of the emotion yeah, itself. I
2: think that's what a lot of guys hear that mm-hmm. as. Like,
1: mm-hmm. Pick
2: one, okay, share quick it.
1: Tip, quick yeah. tip for any couples listening. All right. yes. If you want to get to emotional closeness, here's a really fun thing you can do every day is just at the end of the day, um, share two moments from your day. The, the moment that you felt the most in the groove, like God is working through me, I am energized, this is amazing. And then the mm-hmm. moment when you felt the most defeated, like I am exhausted, I hate this. I'm not in a good place.
3: <laughs> right? That's good. Yeah.
1: Because so often what we do is we say, how was your day? Yep. <laughs> and then you don't know what to say, especially if your spouse is an introvert, and that could be either male or female, or if your spouse, you know, is more of a Thinker person on the MBTI. Again, it could be either male or female. You don't know what to say. Or if mm-hmm. someone says, so what did you do today? Well, I had three <laughs> client meetings and I went out to lunch <laughs> and I stopped by the bank and I, you know, right. <laughs> like, yep. but, is, but if you share two emotional moments, yeah. You know, that connects you. That's and really it cool. also helps you understand yourself. Right. Like, I started doing this, and I was realizing that every single moment where I felt defeated for five days straight was when I checked my email. <laughs> oh. And that was when I hired someone to start doing my email for me.
2: (laughs) 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 Excellent. My wife is listening, hopefully.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we have people doing our emails too. No, but it's true. That's recognizing patterns in yourself as you process them out loud with your spouse. And
0: and what we're trying to do in this book is call guys to wholeness, right? Uh to, To more than just, you know, (laughs) <laughs> a sex machine with no emotions, <laughs> you, know? Exactly. Like, like we, you know, guys are capable of, of, you know, really digging deep in these areas, yes. mm-hmm. but we just, but a lot of us don't, just don't have the tools yeah. and we haven't had the training. And we mm-hmm. haven't been taught how to do these things and yep. they make your life so much richer when you can connect with your wife, not just physically, but emotionally and even spiritually mm-hmm. as well. Too.
1: Mm-hmm. So the yeah.
0: Of practical ways to do that. Like the one Sheila just shared.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. But yeah. I'll tell you too, the other problem with guys <laughs> is they have had a ton of shame put on them yes. for a normal male sex drive. Mm -hmm. and that's one of the things we were measuring um
0: yeah so we were talking about the the questions uh, Sheila was saying on we we had all these standardized questions for mm -hmm. sexual satisfaction marital satisfaction and stuff we started with those ones because we want we didn't want to scare people off at the (laughs) beginning (laughs) (laughs) and and then but then what we were doing is we were trying to come up with questions to figure out because one of our questions was this whole idea of all men lust every man yeah. struggles with lust right mm-hmm. and I've never liked that concept and it always you know bothered me so we actually went in the questions we started questioning would you lust in this situation would you do we used some scenarios ah. Would you xyz would you do this would you do that would you stare at her would you do these things mm-hmm. and the problem is that we actually decided that because there's teaching out there that all men lust in certain books yeah so we decided to take the scenarios in those books and put them into the questionnaire
3: mm-hmm. brilliant and, okay. and, then we were, and
0: then we were like Oh my gosh! Like, are we in a bad situation because the things that these pe- books are saying men do are really, really lewd and not ter- not appropriate?
3: Yeah, <laughs> I like, remember we- some of the examples you guys gave. I was yeah. like, oh my goodness, yeah,
1: like so, masturbating in a car parking lot outside yeah. a gym.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's, like that's who who that's, really that's does that? Book. I mean, that's
0: a, but that's in a Christian book, as in yeah. yeah. Like guys, you know, you get lusting, and maybe you did this, and maybe you did that, and maybe you parked outside a gym parking lot. And d- what? <laughs> <laughs> so we wanted to drill oh. down. Wow. Then really, mentally struggle with lust this to this level, mm-hmm. and so we asked the question: Do you feel you personally struggle with lust?
1: Mm-hmm. And we
0: got what was it?
1: Seventy-five percent said they have a struggle on a daily basis. On with lust. a daily basis. Okay. But this
0: is self-reported.
1: This mm-hmm. is the major but. We then gave them. We gave them a bunch of scenarios. And, you know, to see if they lusted in any of those scenarios. Um, And we also asked, you know, do you have images of porn or memories or visual things going through your mind that are distracting and that bother you? And of the 75% who say they struggle with lust, almost half of them do not show any lust in the scenarios, do not have, you know, a visual Rolodex of images and do not use porn.
3: Wow. So So what are they defining as lust then?
0: Yeah, and this is what we think. Mm -hmm. We think that a lot of men think they're lusting when they're just being male. Mm.
1: (laughs) They're noticing.
0: They're noticing beautiful women and they think, oh my gosh, I'm so sinful. Uh, And then Mm -hmm. at the same time, we then allow men who are lewd and inappropriate, we excuse that behavior because we oh, well, you know, they're just being boys. Mm. No, there is a difference. You can Mm -hmm. appreciate and value the beauty you know, in women Mm -hmm. without objectifying and treating them like, like a sex object.
1: Yeah. Um, That's
2: so good. But it's like, okay.
1: If you watch a Marvel movie, Carissa, and like, I, you see chris evans and you think he's good looking and you say oh he's hot no one thinks anything of it but adam <laughs> if you said that who's in the marvels is it scarlett johansson or is that a different yeah, series
0: black, black
1: widow Widow. like if you said black widow was hot everybody would like hmm, you that is lust. Man. <laughs> uh, yeah right? mm-hmm. like women are allowed to do it men aren't that's interesting well, yeah i have mm-hmm.
2: so when working with clients that just totally what you're saying is yeah. backing up what my experience is. I, I like to separate. Okay, what is lust? Yeah, and yeah. and sitting there and asking. Okay, noticing, you know that could be praise. You know, looking at someone saying like, mm-hmm. God has done an amazing job with this person. <laughs> like they're beautiful. Yep. Okay, now there's a decision point that comes in. Yes. Mm-hmm. That we all hit.
3: Yeah. Now,
2: do you look the other way or not let your brain go there? You know. Like the old, yeah. the old analogy, you know, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop it from building a nest yes. in your hair. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I, I think that's that's so helpful for guys because for so long they, they think, I'm such a horrible wretch. But then on the flip side, mm-hmm. and I say this very carefully, there's a lot of women that I've worked with too, that any, because of her insecurities- mm-hmm. And maybe her knowing that he has struggled with pornography at different times of his life or has seen some stuff, mm-hmm. any wayward glance in the direction of a woman that's mm-hmm. attractive is, see, I caught you again. Yeah. You you terrible human being.
3: And then that message gets reinforced. Yes. Yeah.
2: And, and I know guys that are just like keeping their eyes down all the time because- To me, that's shame. Yeah. But so this is kind of reinforced. I've seen this in, in couples.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. How would you speak to the couple who's experiencing that dynamic right now?
1: Yeah. No, first of all, I, I do want to say, you know, the Chris Evans, Black Widow thing, like we should not be talking about how hot anyone else is. <laughs> just,
2: Thank you for the I clarification.
1: Just, yes. I just, I just do want to say, I just find it interesting that a woman can do it and get away with it. Yeah. But with a man, we automatically label it lust. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's very true. When it's involuntary, it's not on you. But then we do have that decision. And I think when there's been real betrayal in a relationship, that betrayal needs to be healed. Yeah, And that's, that can be a very long process. And in, in both books um, we talk about how that healing, what that healing looks like um, and, and uh, go into a lot of detail and in some stories and that we found really helpful, but there's, there's, There's a lot of myths around porn use (laughs) and Mm -hmm. that we need to understand in the Christian church, but we also need to take seriously the fact that trust needs to be rebuilt and betrayal is real. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that has often been, women haven't been allowed to feel that betrayal because Mm -hmm. we say, well, you need to forgive him.
0: Yeah. Just get over it.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. Even,
0: and even worse, we often say to women, maybe if you'd had sex more, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have been tempted to go back mm-hmm. to porn. Yes. And that's yeah. a
3: terrible thing mm-hmm. right. that, that, that ever
0: gets said in the church.
3: Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. Porn,
0: p- porn and sex are not the same thing. That's right. Because yeah. sex, as we said, is mutual, intimate, mm-hmm. pleasurable. Porn is me getting a physical appetite met
1: mm-hmm. the way I
0: want when I want.
3: Right.
2: right without the without the knowing piece
3: yeah, yeah and reciprocity absolutely. yeah
2: which is mm-hmm. yeah it's not the whole meal it just leaves mm-hmm. people yeah. empty okay. still
3: yeah
0: and, and it's predicated on the idea that women are objects rather than people
3: yeah. mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And,
0: and that's that's how you defeat lust uh, and that's how you defeat porn is seeing women as people
2: Mm. you know yeah. one
0: of the things I loved it, that Sheila had in a post recently she talked about the when Jesus said do you see this woman mm. right Jesus didn't bounce his eyes away from women Jesus yeah. saw women
3: mm. and if we want to be
0: Christian men who have victory in our sex lives and our sexuality we need to see women mm. actually see them for who God made them to be
3: yeah. mm-hmm. oh wow that is really good yeah. What, what's a practical step that a man can take to start seeing women for who they are, for who God made them to be as people, rather than um, the objectification that they've tended toward for so long?
2: We'll be right back to the interview. But first, we want to share something that we are really excited about.
3: So, you know we all have those times where we don't feel super connected to our spouse and we really don't know what conversations to have to get us to that connected place. And then on top of that, we're so busy that we don't prioritize those conversations.
2: And that's why we created the Monthly Live Date Night.
3: And Monthly Live Date Night is every month on a Friday night for 90 minutes, 60 minutes. It, we focus on a topic that uh, you guys pick and then 30 minutes we do a and A and it's live where we're all together Asking questions and giving answers on topics related to your marriage, your intimacy. And we share tools. uh, We have handouts that we call homework because we want you to be there to listen and to soak in, but we really want you to take action in your marriage too.
2: So come join us live for the next monthly live date night. Check the link in the show notes for dates and details.
1: All right, back to the interview. Ask a woman for advice on something.
2: <laughs> nice. Seriously.
1: Yes. Like there is there's probably women in your church who are really good at finances. Or, you know, yep. <laughs> like, yep. ask a woman, ask an older woman mentor or something for advice. Mm-hmm. Because often we we don't think of women for what they can offer. Mm. Unless it's in a sexual realm mm-hmm. or it's in a serving in the kitchen realm. Um, so, <laughs> yes. You know, mm-hmm. ask a woman what she thinks about some Bible passage. Ask a woman, yeah, you know, a yes. question like that. Yeah, it's good.
3: I like that. That's such a good practical step. So there's a homework item, guys. You're listening. Ask a woman for advice outside of the kitchen or sexual favor.
0: <laughs> you know, even Just your perspective on something. Yes. Often women see things in a very different way than we do as men. Right. And, and being open to seeing that and recognizing that maybe, you know, that's a good thing. Maybe God has given us all a way of looking at things and we, we're we all better off if we see each other's point of view.
3: Yeah. Yep. And I'm thinking of this in, in the context of marriage, obviously. And how valuable would your wife feel to be able to offer you a perspective that you solicited, mm-hmm. you know, and that she sees, oh, he values what I have to bring to the table outside of the kitchen and the bedroom. Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah, And when she feels valued, like her opinions matter, I think her orgasm rate increases 12 times or something like <laughs> it's, it's huge so like oh, wow it felt, it's huge yeah yes oh, oh. Wow.
0: that is a consistent thing like yeah men who value their their wives
2: outside the bedroom
1: mm-hmm. have
2: a much better time with their wives inside the
1: bedroom mm-hmm.
3: oh yes doesn't oh my that goodness. make
2: sense though because she feels known mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it goes back to that i think what you said a little bit ago it's it's that when you value me when you see what i bring the benefit like all the things that i, I do around this mm-hmm. and you recognize it and even like specifically recognize it that definitely brings a closeness to marriage because oh, like, yeah. everyone wants to feel appreciated
3: yeah
0: and yeah. and not just for her but for him as well too because you know when my wife wants to have sex with me when my wife wants to be intimate with me she's not just giving it to me because she feels she has to That's but right. she wants to then i feel really no yes,
1: yes. And,
0: and it's so it's such a more incredible thing than just the physical aspect of things yes
1: that
2: yep. was pretty smart when he made us different huh
1: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely
2: absolutely <sighs> because it does it does encourage sanctification oh yeah. Of like, I have to learn other things. I have to strive to understand somebody that's very different than me and has mm-hmm. different desires. And yeah. mm-hmm. There's a lot a lot of things for me to learn and to be humble about. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Else I get things wrong and it doesn't go well.
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. Okay, question for you guys. How, if you had to summarize the aim of your book in uh, The Good Guy's Guide to Great Sex in, say, Two sentences. So one sentence each. That's hard. <laughs> How would you summarize the aim?
0: So I'll start. For me, I think it's there's two populations. There's guys who are just getting married, okay, uh, or very early in the marriage, and there's people who've been married for a long time. True. So, yeah. So for me, the passion in this was writing it to myself because I made a lot of very bad mistakes, which you'll read all about in the book. <laughs> um, and uh, but I just to the young people who are getting married, start. Off well, and it can it will only get better and better and better. That's what Mm. I would like to say this book
1: will do for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think we just want to say you can rock your wife's world. And we have this analogy in the book of standing on top of a mountain. Mm -hmm. And on one side there's a desert, thorny desert, and on the other side, there's this lush valley. And think of your sex life like a snowball that's going down that mountain. The problem is you don't know which side is which. It's picking
0: up steam and it's getting bigger as it goes, right?
1: And as it goes down, your habits, they're going to get more and more and more. And if you're heading in the wrong direction, it's really a pain because you got to go, you got to get in front of the snowball, push it all the way back up the mountain (laughs) and Mm -hmm. then get it going down the other side. And if you can just get it going down the right side, at the beginning, it's so much easier. But even if it's been going down the wrong side, you can start over. Mm. And let me show you how, because sex is amazing. It is awesome. And you don't want to miss out on it. And so let's put in the work because in the end, it's not going to feel like work anymore. (laughs)
3: Because that snowball will be rolling. Exactly. (laughs) That's such a good analogy. Would you add to that at all, Keith, when you're speaking to the men who have been married for a long time and are listening?
0: And, and that's what I would say to the guys who are married, that, you know, like if things are not going where you want them to be, then I think this book is going to give a, uh, a corrective yeah. to who've gone, right? Mm-hmm. You're open-minded open enough to say, hey, you know what, maybe I need a different approach here. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I need an approach that values my wife in a way that I haven't valued her in the past. Mm-hmm. And this book um, challenges guys and it, it asks some hard questions if things aren't going well. Um, questions that I had to ask myself Uh, and that's not going to be easy. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, Mm -hmm. but but answering those questions and coming to terms with those things is the key to stopping that snowball and in its tracks and pushing it back up to (laughs) Mm -hmm. where it needs to go the right direction. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and the book kind of guides you through the work that you have to do to get there. And there's a lot of hope in it too, because we've got all kinds of great testimonies of people Mm -hmm. who have decided to see sex you know, in a more in a healthier way, mm-hmm. kind of turn around years of drought uh, into a into a really vibrant, yeah. wonderful, holistic, beautiful sex life that the way God intended.
3: Amen. So good. And yes. the work,
2: there's hope it can
3: happen for you. Right. Yep. Um can you guys tell us where people can go to pre order your book? Cause when this comes out, your book won't be out quite yet. So yes. what where can people grab a hold of all those resources?
1: So you can pre-order it um, now. If you pre-order from Amazon right now, Mm -hmm. Um, You're guaranteed the lowest price. So the more people pre-order, the lower the price goes. And so if you pre-order now and the price drops, you're going to get it at the lowest price anyway. Mm. So that's always good. Um, Christianbooks.com, anywhere else that you buy books. If you go to my website, which is baremarriage.com, you can also get some pre-order bonuses. Just click on books. You will find our two new books, The Good Girl's Guide to Great Sex and The Good Guy's Guide to Great Sex. And we've got an amazing evangelical sex report card there. So you'll find out... We, we graded evangelicals on all the different aspects of sex, and we <laughs> even included some information about porn and lust that aren't in the books. So okay, extras in there. So go if you if you pre-order you can get our evangelical report card and you can even get access to the books right now if you join our launch team so you can oh, just go nice. over to baremarriage.com and check that out
3: so they don't get those things if they don't pre-order is that right Right. but okay. we will so. give
1: you a link you can we'll give you a link to put in your show notes too for how they can yes. get on the launch team.
3: awesome well. okay we'll include all that in the show notes so we'll include the amazon link baremarriage.com where you can put in your pre-order and get all those goodies
2: yeah guys go go Get, get on the ball with this and yes. make your life better and make your wife, like you like your you said, better. yeah, blow your, what do you say? Uh, rock, rock, rock your wife's world. world. There we go. Rock your wife's world for once. This would be good. <laughs>
3: That's awesome, you guys. Um, well, anything else you wanted to add or share before we close out the podcast with our question that we always ask? Mm,
1: um, the only other thing I wanted to say was just a warning for the wedding night. And uh, then I think we have a big, we we did all this research on what makes a great honeymoon and what wrecks the honeymoon. And what one thing that we really found is that when couples wait for marriage to have sex, which is what we think, that's that's a biblical sexual ethic, uh-huh. it can actually go badly if you mm-hmm. have sex that first night yeah. and she's not aroused. And so just remember that on the wedding night, the aim is not sex okay you have a three-fold aim once you get married first it's to relax then it's to figure out how to get to arousal and then it's to figure out intercourse and if you do that in the wrong order it's really difficult to go backwards
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) so start
1: relax then arousal then intercourse. And if it doesn't happen on this first night, it's okay. It can happen over the next few days or the next few weeks, but Mm -hmm. you got a whole lot of decades to get this right. So set up the right foundation.
3: (laughs) Beautiful. I'm so glad you added that piece. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to close out the episode and ask you both the question that we ask every interviewee, and that is: rewinding back to the first couple of years of your own marriage. Which, I mean, in essence, you've answered this question throughout the whole episode. <laughs> um, but what advice would you give to yourself? What advice do you wish you would have received? And then fill in the blank, dear young married couple. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you do you want to go, go first? There you go. I'll go first.
0: <laughs> I, I guess I would say, uh, dear young married couple. Uh, so it's not just to the guys it's to the women too i gotta think out broadly <laughs> okay uh um i would say that the, i would say to the guys uh there's a lot of messages out there that make you think you're the center of things uh, and you need to the best thing you can do in the first uh days of your marriage is make your wife the center of things mm. um, don't see sex as something you're holding on to holding on to until you can just let it all out on the wedding night. Think of it as you're starting a journey together um, and you've got lots of time to work it out. And it's not all about you. It's about both of you together.
3: Mm-hmm. Awesome.
0: And I guess to the women, I would say the things that our book says is that, um, you know, we have, we have a lot of discouraging messages out there about men. All men lust. Uh, all men struggle with porn all men these all men these things and there's a lot of good christian men and there's a lot of ways that we as christian men can be healthy and this book's i'm hoping going to create mm-hmm. you know a whole generation of christian men who are um healthier in a sexual way and their in their yeah. sexuality yep. so don't Amen. have hope for the next generation of christian men
1: women mm-hmm. because
0: i think they're they're capable of a lot and and um god is going to do great things through both of you
1: mm. that's good Beautiful. Okay, mine's going to be less, less, uh, less profound. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Women... I, I, th- I thought you were going to say spiritually airy things. <laughs> <No.
0: laughs>
1: <laughs> Women remember what you make him think that you like right now is what he is going to do to you for oh. the next thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: so
1: don't be kind and stroke his ego he really wants to know what you like and uh, so if you don't like yes. something say something now yeah. or you're gonna yes. be living with this forever
3: <laughs> I would say that's quite profound <laughs> you,
0: you can be kind and honest though. Yes. Yes. <laughs> thank you for the
2: clarification <laughs> yes
3: you guys this has been fabulous we it know really it's has. gonna help so many people thank you so much it's for always- what you've done
2: always fun to have a conversation with you and, yes yeah. and it's good to meet you keith
3: yeah yes. uh, exactly. okay so folks go to baremarriage.com use the link in the show notes pre-order your book get all your goodies and transform your
2: marriage all right friends we really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation and if you want help if you want personal guidance
3: And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh, yeah, that's me.
0: Nothing extra,
3: just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block.